You are now listening to Podcasting in Pinstripes, the official New York Yankee podcast of Gotham Sports Network. Welcome back to another episode of Podcasting in Pinstripes, the official New York Yankees podcast of the Gotham Sports Network. You got Steve and Sam here for season seven of Podcasting in Pinstripes. Seven years slamming Sammy. Welcome back. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Steve. I'm doing way better now that I see you. We are approaching a decade of this show right now, and I could not be happier. Another season of Yankees baseball just one day away. Spring training is in the books. The Yankees got used to the more mild weather they'll be playing in with an exhibition game at the Nationals on Tuesday. And really, with the recent moves, despite the injuries, I think things are looking good. We have the offseason. Aaron Judge stayed a New York Yankee. He is not going to be playing right field on opening day for the San Francisco Giants, which was a nightmare scenario once we saw the schedule in last summer. And the Yankee signed Carlos Radon. He's going to start the season on the injured list, it looks like. Um, and the move of Anthony Volpe really, really got me excited for this season. I am ready to go. Sam, isn't that crazy? You, you finished there with, with Volpe here. And that's kind of where we need to start this off. As you said, we're about 24 hours away from opening day at Yankee Stadium. Giants versus the Yankees. And somehow, Aaron Judge versus the Giants, after John Heyman tweeted that he was leaving the Yankees, has not been the number one story of spring training. Aaron Judge signs a massive contract, gets named captain of the Yankees, has a huge spring training stat-wise, and he is number two behind a 21-year-old shortstop who outright came and took the starting job for the New York Yankees. Just an unreal, kind of unprecedented spring training for Anthony Volpe. You know, Brian Cashman and the Yankees said coming into it, it's going to be an open competition between Isaiah Conner-Falefa, Oswald Peraza, and Anthony Volpe. And everyone said, Brian Cashman, you are full of shit. There's no way you let Volpe get a chance here. We all just assumed it would be Peraza. And then I'd say 50% of Twitter assumed Conner-Falefa was still going to get the job. And Volpe came in and took that and never looked back. Just an awesome, awesome spring training and an awesome thing to follow. Um... And a change of precedent for the Yankees. No service time manipulation, even though that you know, MLB has tried to change that with some rules. But just pure shock that he's going to be opening day starter for the Yankees at shortstop. I was absolutely shocked as well. I even tweeted about it. I said, I can't believe they did not come up with some excuse to keep him down after he raked all of the spring training. And the game against the Nationals on Tuesday was nationally televised on MLB Network, and it was just kind of a whatever game. The Yankee starters played a few innings and whatever, but Volpe got on base twice. He made two absolute gems in the field, and he just stood out from that game, even though it was a 3 nothing whatever defeat in an exhibition game. Uh, but I also said this adds much-needed excitement to get ready for, for the season. For yeah. years— Years, the Yankees sat out of the shortstop market. It was Corey Seager, Marcus Simeon, and Carlos Correa last offseason. It was Carlos Correa again this offseason, as well as Trey Turner. 
It was and, not not taking part in the Francisco Lindor sweepstakes. The original Manny Machado coming out uh, from from the Orioles. There was it goes back years and years. Years and they didn't even add to the left field void that a lot of people were talking about this offseason. They didn't bring back Andrew Benintendi. He signed with the Chicago White Sox. So they didn't make a move to add to their lineup, but this is the move to add to their lineup that nobody thought they would make. And it's absolutely enormous. It's more than adding to the lineup. It's adding some much-needed excitement to get ready for this season despite all of the injuries in the pitching rotation. Yeah, we'll get into, into the, the pitching rotation thing right after this. But yeah, it's pure excitement. We're going to hear it a million times. Anthony Volpe, New Jersey kid, you know, grew up idolizing Derek Jeter. 21 years old, going to be the youngest um, opening day starter since Derek Jeter. The, the comparisons are there. The pressure is on. And he has that demeanor of a judge, of a Jeter, where I don't think the pressure is going to get to him. And he's going to come in and, look, it's, he's going to be a rookie. He's gonna have some some bumps. He's gonna have some some you know slumps going on here, but I think he understands the pressure of it all. That this is a team that is expected to contend for the World Series, and to do that, they need a top shortstop. The fact, end of story. They need a top shortstop to do it, and it's a lot of pressure to put on a kid here. But this is someone that that's done it, done it all. You know, last year was just an epic year for him. He had became the first minor league player to have 20 home runs and 50 steals since Andrew Jones in 1995. So he's got some pop. He's got some serious wheels. And as you said, the the Washington game uh, yesterday, he made some flash the leather. You know, everyone assumed Peraza was getting that shortstop position because his defensively, he was one of the best defensive prospects in baseball at the shortstop level. So the fact that Volpe still gets that, you know, two, three years down the line, he might be a second baseman, but he's flashed that leather to prove that he's a shortstop. And that's really exciting for the Yankees to see here. You know, first-round pick, 30th overall, and currently the number five player uh, prospect in baseball. It's just an epic start for the Yankees to be there on opening day. Um, and the Yankees are playing smart here because, look, we can talk about the service time manipulation of it all. Of You know, he'll be sent down for two three weeks, then he'll come back up and get that extra year for it. But if Volpe is who they think he is, and they were going to bring him up in mid-April anyway, and he's still finishing the top three of Rookie of the Year – that service time thing's out the window because you get that extra year because that you get incentivized for, for teams to do it. But now if he's on opening day roster and he wins rookie of the year, Yankees got a first round draft pick. Like that's huge. Like that outweighs the service time manipulation of it all. Um, so I'm really excited to see here what's going up there. You know, the, the next story for Volpe is what number he's going to wear. He's rocking the double sevens right now uh, in honor of, of Mickey Mantle. Um, does, you know, adding them together and putting him as 14 come up on opening day? Uh, or are we going to see 77 and 99 rocking uh, in, in the Yankee Stadium bleachers for the next 10 years? I have really no clue because obviously all single-digit numbers are retired. There's a lot of ways he can go with his number choice, but I would love to see the 77 on opening day. I'm not sure what he's going to go with, but I'll – support him obviously whatever freaking number he wears but with an electric spring and it, it makes me feel old personally because i covered anthony volpe in my senior year of college internship when he played with del barton and it makes it such an unbelievable awesome. rise. I didn't know that. <laughs> it makes it such a really amazing rise because he went from playing 
you know, minimal minor league ball in 2019. There was no minor league ball in 2020. And he really only has two full minor league seasons under his belt in 2021 and 2022. And he comes into spring training in 2023. And he takes the Yankees shortstop job and absolutely runs with with ease. Like this is 17 hits, three home runs. Nine walks, five stolen bases. You know, that's a 309 average, you know, an OPS of over 1,000. Like, I understand it's spring training, but a couple of these home runs were off major league talent players. He took Pablo Lopez deep, uh, and Pablo was like, yeah, that's a major league player. So it wasn't, you know, you know, being able to walk a lot too. He wasn't, he came into spring training not like, I need to, you know, grip the bat as tight as possible and, and blow these people away. He His patience at the plate, hitting ball that's the other way. Like, it was... It was calm. It was confident, and it was very impressive to to watch unfold. And as the year, the, you know, spring training went on, you were like, "Are the Yankees going to do this? The Yankees might do this. The Yankees have to do this." Like, holy cow, they did it! Like, it was it was a pretty cool progression that no one expected, and it gave some life to spring training, which is normally just boring and you know, assuming you know, trying to limit the risk of injuries, which turns us into the sadness of spring training. Is the Yankees had a lot of injuries. They had a lot of injuries. You mentioned him earlier, uh, Carlos Rendon, the other big sign the Yankees made, $161 million. Kind of seemed like this was a move to appease Aaron Judge, which was the right move because the Yankees needed someone like him to form a 1-2 with Garrett Cole, you know, some of the tops in baseball. But the biggest concern with him has always been injuries. Can you give someone this big of a contract who's hurt often and he didn't even get to step on the mound in a spring training game before he's on the I.L.? So definitely some concerns there with with that. But give me a little, what are the Yankees going to get when he's on the mound um, and, and how concerned you are with the, the injuries and the contract given out? They're getting a competitor. And it's someone who f- a lot of people felt would fit right in in New York. You saw all the national media. They brought up Sonny Gray. They brought up Frankie Montas, who, who, who's another injury. But it kind of came out that he might have not been fully healthy when he was traded he's only made 25 or more starts uh three times in his career since he came up with the white Sox in 2015 24 more starts on four occasions but he's been an all-star in each of the last two years he had a monster year with the giants a season ago he was a rumored trade target for the yankees and he's a competitor and he's a guy that I think really gets riled up by the attention and everything. I think it was a great signing, but can he stay on the mound? That's the major question right here. And he ultimately failed to live up to that in spring training. We're going to see what happens in April. Brian Cashman was saying April's a possibility, but it's we're in wait and see mode. I mean, we did not see this. We only saw him once in spring training. He had a terrible outing, and that was that. Yeah, positive side of it. He threw 30 pitches on, on Monday. He threw sliders, which is always a key when you were looking at some forearm issues. He threw some curveballs. So that's a good good step there. We'll see what happens next after that. I think he throws another. I think he throws a live bullpen or a live batting practice you know, next week or so. But he's got to rebuild that arm. Um, and we'll, we'll kind of wait and see here. But again, the he's a competitor. He said that if this was the regular season, he wouldn't need to go on the IL. It's something that he had last year and didn't take any time off of. And, and that's the kind of passion he'll bring to the Yankees. And he's, he said the right thing at the right time. He's like, yeah, I, I signed this contract to pitch in October. 
not to pitch in March and April. So get him healthy, get him on the mound, and, and really solidify that one too. Because we get, look, we don't need to talk about how the Yankees have failed in the in the playoffs past few years here, but it really hasn't been the pitching. But knowing that you can have Garrett Cole and, and Carlos out there is is a huge factor. He brings that intensity. Uh, I think he's going to be at the forefront of a of a brawl this year with the Toronto Blue Jays. He's not going to back down from anybody. So it's more fire to this Yankee team that kind of fills out the, the roster. Um, but it's a big contract. He said $160 plus million. You know, he topped CC Sabathia's contract. But if he's healthy and if he's right, the Yankees will be very happy with that contract. Back-to-back, top 10 Cy Young finishes, once with the White Sox and once with the, with the Giants. And the Yankees are, they paid for that, and they're hoping that they get that too. Serious man with the case, you know, over the past two years has been a, 12 strikeouts per nine. So the Yankees are going to be mowing teams down when healthy. Um, so he was supposed to be the two. I think we had Cortez maybe as the three. Cortez is, you know, left off the World Baseball Classic roster because of an injury that kind of seems like it was a fake injury now to keep him off the roster. But he looks ready to go for the Yankees and not miss any time. Then our, our four would be Luis Severino, who now has a lat strain, similar to what he had last year, caused him to miss, you know, close to 80 days for the Yankees last year. But hopefully it's not as long as that. But another another arm that is going to be very important for the Yankees and a huge year for Severino. He's, his contract is up after this year. And the Yankees are paying him $15 million. This was a big option in his deal that they they had faith in him. So much like Rendon, it, it's time to get Sevy, get him right and get him ready for a longer season here. But definitely concerns with Severino being injured this early. Does he have lats made of paper is my <laughs> question. Because what kind of workouts is he doing? I don't want to rip the guy, but, you know, two straight years we're looking at missing some significant time with a lat injury. So it's going to be interesting to see how they replace him. I'm kind of in wait-and-see mood with him. But the Yankees had really, really high hopes for him. He pitched pretty well when he came back last season. I don't really know what to think here. When's he going to be back and how effective is he going to be? I know going to accept that he's not going to be his 2017 first half of 2018 dominant self, but the and Yankees it, really need him back. He's, he's, he's veteran. He's when we talk about being a veteran, he, he, he is in the spot that a younger guy like Clark Schmidt would be thrust into kind of a front end of the rotation role with the injuries to Radone and Severino. Clark Schmidt's going to be, Pitch the second game of the year for the Yankees. Like that, that's huge. That's something I, you know, the Yankees definitely envisioned when they drafted Clark Schmidt in the first round. But I don't think they envisioned it in 2023 with this roster of Cole, Rendon, Severino, Cortez. There's no chance they thought Clark Schmidt was going to be that guy pitching the second game of the season. Um, I'm excited to see it. This guy now clearly has a role in the rotation for at least the first month of the year. And he needs to come out and, and take it. Didn't have, you know, didn't light up the board in spring training. But for pitching, I'm not really that concerned uh, about it. It's more about, you know, just getting the right feel for for it all. It's got nasty stuff. You know, it, even it, that showed up in spring training. In 19 innings, he had 25 Ks. That that slider or whatever he calls it these days really freaking moves and drops off the ta- off the table. You know, pitching pitch ninja has been loving him for years. But what an opportunity for Clark Schmidt to come and, and not just take the back end of, role rotation here but if he can deliver 
you know, this is a guy that the Yankees will rely on for for a full season here. This is someone that's going to take a spot and, and carry it because I don't even want to mention Frankie Montas because who knows if we'll ever see him again in the disaster that's been, uh, even though the Yankees are confident he'll be back in the second half of the year. Clark Schmidt needs to play so well that they don't even consider talking to Montas again and let him just walk as a free agent because if Clark Schmidt is on and everyone else can get healthy, there, there's no need for Montas to even put on the uniform this year. That That's the type of performance we need from Schmidt because if we're going into the second half of the year saying we need Frankie Montas to be healthy to help this rotation, that's going to be uh, issues for the Yankees. The Yankees are in a bad spot if that happens. Yeah. And he had an IL shoulder stint with the Oakland A's last season, and he came out and said he was not fully healthy when he was traded to the Yankees. So does that fall on Montas? Does that fall on Brian Cashman? He still made the move. There clearly was something that came up in his physical that that said he wasn't fully healthy, I think. And we were all surprised, if you remember correctly, it was a surprise when the Yankees received that trade package, or excuse me, gave away that trade package. Everyone assumed it was Peraza. Thank God we didn't do that. Can you imagine that? They didn't give up anyone. They they did not give up anyone of them. They gave up Sears. They gave up Waldachuk. It's... I mean, I'd take those two guys over Montas now, obviously. But, you know, that's you. You can play second fiddle to, to freaking every trade in baseball. So what we'll see there. Right after rotation, Domingo Herman is Domingo Herman. He's not going to incite, excite me, eat some innings, and, and don't get blown out. Uh, Johnny Brito might might get a couple spot starts. He looks really good in camp. Um, he'll be making his major league debut. So there's a lot of question marks with pitching, a lot of question marks with the bullpen. You know, the other big move the Yankees made in the bullpen was bringing back Tommy Tight Pants, Kayleen. Everyone's excited about that. No one's excited that Tommy went straight on the IL. Um, but, you know, the Yankees paid good good dollars for him to, to bring him back on a two-year deal. He turned down less money to come back to the Yankees because of his familiarity, and he thought there was some unfinished business in New York, which is awesome. Um, and then part of that Montaz deal, the Yankees got Lou Trevino, who's also on the IL. So the injuries are, are there in the bullpen, in the rotation. So pitching, going into spring training, Pitching look like Yankees look like they might have one of the most dominant pitching staffs, top to bottom, rotation to bullpen, and that has definitely taken a huge hit uh, when they were down in Florida. It sure did, and I joked with one of my buddies the other day that I had to cancel my birthday celebration this week. I'm hosting a couple people down here in Florida, and I was going to have to start for the Yankees on Sunday, <laughs> but thankfully I got somebody to fill in for me. Oh, but good, there's, good. <laughs> I'm very very relieved, but. There's a lot of injuries in this pitching staff right now, and it's something that they're definitely going to have to get around. And to kind of transition here, it's something they're going to have to get around with the new rules in baseball, which is we could do a whole episode on that in its entirety. The pitch clock, the pickoff moves, the stolen bases, the no shifts. We're going to see a lot of guys this year across baseball maybe have their numbers inflate a little bit in the ERA and whip department because yeah, the no shift, the, there's clearly a barrier now on how pitchers can control the game. So did you see and, Cortez? The Yankee, got Yankees a, are going to have some inexperienced guys out there trying to do that. And it's Cortez, you were saying, so did you see Nestor got called for a ball yesterday because he didn't make eye contact with the batter? I did see that, and I was, <laughs> I was so confused about that. And pitched. then he show, he almost showed up 
the batter the next one. I know he did, he does his long pause sometimes, yeah, yeah. but that was an extra, extra long pause. <laughs> so we'll see. I think what well, yes and no to your point about that is that a lot of these guys that are young guys that are in the, the minors that might have a big impact for the Yankees in the bullpen, you know, um, and, and possibly the rotation if we need some spot starts from guys like, like Brito or maybe even Matt Crook. Um, is that these rules were in place in the minors. So they should be a little more familiar about it, you know, when you're looking directly compared to the major league players like that, like a Severino or or, or a Cole. But we'll, we'll see about the pitch rules. I kind of want to see how they get enforced during spring, during real games, not during spring training, um, to see if it becomes a, a big issue. Then we can talk more uh, about it. But, yeah, it's a good, it's a good point to see what, what happens there from across the way. And, you know, the Yankees – I think the Yankees might even be making another move to, to get some more relief help. Um, there's an open roster spot here, um, we, which we'll, we'll, we'll see, you know, I would assume would have to happen today to, to be in time for, for opening day. Um, looking, around the, looking around the diamond a little more, the, the other biggest things that happened in spring training was there was a, there was a left field battle. Um, no one took control of it. Nobody seemed to really talk about it. And then the Harrison Bader got injured, which kind of changes how that battle turns out. Um, effectively, it seems like Aaron Hicks will be playing a lot for the Yankees, even after they've tried to trade him all offseason and took no takers. And then we'll see what happens in left field, see how much time Oswald Cabrera gets uh, out there. Talk about Ozzy a little bit because he looked awesome in spring training. He didn't play the outfield that much. He kind of played a little bit more third and, and short than anything. But but to me, this guy is an X factor for the Yankees coming into the 2023. He really won me over when he had that pimp job against the Guardians Swag. in the playoffs. And he really got a hold of that ball, and he sure as hell pimped it. But he batted 340 in spring trading, 57 plate appearances, uh, OPS over 1,000. I know he didn't play a lot of outfield in spring training, but... He played left field a lot for the Yankees down the stretch, especially with the Andrew Benatendi injury. So uh, I think yeah. they're going to stick him out there quite a bit. And I think he should be out there every day until Bader's back. And for now, maybe playing Hicks in center field. I know they tried with Judge in left field the other day. Yeah. Uh, I think Stanton's definitely more comfortable in right field. But it's going to be interesting to see what they do. I would play him in left field and – you know, Hicks in center field a couple of days until Bader can come back. But you can even move Judge to, to center and have Stanton in right, and then left field's a toss up between Cabrera and Hicks. Um, and the fact that Hick, that Cabrera and Hicks they're both switch hitters, which you know is important for the Yankees. But to me, that I mean that that just to me shows that you got to play Cabrera more. I know the Yankees love him as a kind of a Swiss Army knife around the infield, but the Yankees have that already. You know, they could. You know, they, they've got D.J. LeMay who can play all around the infield except for a short. They still technically have Carter Falefa on the roster who can play all around the infield. And he was playing center field for a few times now. Um, so it's very intriguing to see. I think one spot to look at is what happens with Josh Donaldson. He definitely changed his swing a little bit. Um, hopefully to, to not get beat by fastballs because he was getting beat by batting practice fastballs all 2022. Some people imply that he was a little, he was more injured than than thought of in 2022, and that's why the Yankees are expecting a big bounce back. Um, four home runs for Donaldson in spring training, a lot of them coming towards the end of it. So maybe he's finding his groove, finding his swing, but he's going to be playing third base basically every day for now. 
question is how long do the Yankees have that leash for him um, is what I'm going to be interested in for the first two months, three months of the season. I'm going to be interested in it too. And Donaldson is someone who I'd really, really like to see succeed. I know he was not good in 2022 with the plate, but he's someone who we saw terrorize the Yankees for a lot of years when he was with the Blue Jays, then had a good year with the Braves after his trade to Cleveland, and then had a really pretty good year with the Minnesota Twins. And then he was shipped to the Yankees in a trade that a lot of people look at right now and kind of say whatever. Gary Sanchez is out of Major League Baseball. Yeah. G- Gio Urshela was really nothing special for the Twins. He was better than Donaldson, though. I'll give him that. He, he was. He was better than Donaldson. But I hope to see Donaldson bounce back. And his swing late in the spring really, really looked good. And OPS close to 1,000 in the spring. We don't like to put too much stock in the spring training stats. And he had a couple home runs late in the spring last year. But he's someone who I'm cheering for to bounce back. And if he is close to his 2021 form he had with the Twins, this totally changes the Yankees lineup. In a pitcher's park in 2021, he had an OPS of 827, 26 home runs, batted 247, which is more than fine, and he got on base over 35% of the time. With so, elite defense, which he did provide for the Yankees last year, which it was a huge key. The Yankees kind of, their, their 2022 season kind of relied on elite defense all around, which was a, a big change from the past few years besides a shortstop. Um, but, yeah, I mean, look, I, I don't care. If Josh Donaldson disappeared off the Yankees, I, I wouldn't care. But the fact of the matter is he's being paid a lot of money and he's going to be playing basically every day is the expectation. So he needs to play good. Because if he doesn't play good, even if the Yankees are playing well and Donaldson is struggling, the entire talk is going to be about Donaldson. It's not going to be about the Yankees playing well with him. It's going to be about him and his contract and the Yankees' inability to cut ties. It's going to be really interesting to see what happens here. Because if he does struggle and guys like Cabrera are playing well and DJ LeMayu is healthy, we can fill that third base void. And that we have a logjam of the infield. Look, someone's not playing on opening day between Oswald Cabrera, Gleyber Torres, Josh Donaldson, and DJ LeMayu. Safe to say, Boone already confirmed that DJ LeMayu is going to be leading off. So where, where is that going to be in the lineup? Is that going to be at third? Probably not. So that means DJ LeMayu is going to be playing second. Where does that put Gleyber Torres? You know, we didn't see much of Gleyber unless you were watching the World Baseball Classic, who played for Venezuela, and then he came back for, you know, finished off the spring training with the Yankees. A lot of interesting things about Glaber. You know, could he be, could it be moved in the next 24 hours? I, I don't know. I don't think so. I don't want him to be moved, but there is, there's just not enough at-bats right now for all these infielders, uh, and something's got to change. And if it was me, it's getting rid of Josh Donaldson is what changes. But, well, uh, you know, Glaber's time in New York seems to be dwindling fast. But I love Glaber, so I want to see him play. I want to see him play often. I just don't know where it's going to happen. Maybe you know, if Stan's playing right field for a little bit, maybe Glaber is the opening day DH. Um, I'm not sure, but I don't know how you put him in the lineup. You know, every day with, with the current roster construction. I really like him too, and I don't want to see him go. He is a polarizing player. He is very, very hot and very, very cold at the same time. Uh, Ken Rosenthal said the other day the Yankees should trade 
Labor Torres, and they should start Anthony Volpe at shortstop, which they're already doing. They haven't traded Labor Torres, but Labor Torres going down, or excuse me, being traded, would create a spot for Oswald Peraza. And the Yankees could have Peraza and Volpe up the middle. Which is what Hal Steinbrenner has said several times is his plan for the future, which is awesome to hear. But like, Libertor is under contract this year and next year. So, but it sounds like the Yankees want that future now with Volpe Peraza to be starting soon. So, I don't know where that puts Glaber. Look, this is not a guy you just trade away for nothing. A couple rough years, but 2020, 2022 was a huge back, bounce back for Glaber. 140 games played, you know, 24 home runs. Um, you know, still still has, you know, batting for his, his league averages there. Um, doesn't get on base a ton, but he's still a young player with some power. When he's on, like you said, take away August last year. This guy was awesome. He had a great season for the Yankees. It's not someone you're just throwing away here. But is there an opportunity where someone, they're talking to someone right now, saying, all right, we need some pitching for the next two months, we know for a fact. Can the Yankees get a, a you know, a 3-4 starter for, for Glaber Torres today, they probably pulled that trigger. I don't I don't know what's going to happen. You know, they obviously tried to trade him for Pablo Lopez at the deadline last year, um, and that you know he wasn't enough to carry that package alone. But is there another player out there that that's not of that caliber to to make a deal before opening day? I don't think it's going to happen. But you're you're look Glaber admitted being part of trade talks really hurt him, and he's an emotional guy, and that really bothered him. If he's able to block that out, I hope he has a great year. But his name's going to be coming up anytime you mention the word trade and the Yankees all year long. Yeah, and it's tough to be involved in trade talks, like he said himself. So uh, I hope we see Labor really, really tear it up. But is there an opportunity to play? Boone said DJ LeMahieu's leading off. Where that's going to be remains to be seen. They obviously want to limit judges' innings in center field, so that that might take some things out of the equation. And then Harrison Bader's eventually coming back, and the Yankees traded for Harrison Bader to play center field. So He'll Aaron be there Judge every day with oh. elite defense, and <laughs> we we haven't really talked much about Bader in the first thirty minutes here, but he was one of our best players all postseason. You know, Bader Nation took off. High expectations for Bader coming into this. Um, you know. Like we, we knew about the elite defense, and if the Yankees think they really unlock something um, with that postseason, I think that is unlikely. But even just a little bit less than that, the, the that's, that's a center fielder that you might want to lock up long term. Um, so, but another guy that's dealing with injuries. You know, he did, we traded for an injured guy, and everyone got furious. Um, and then he comes back, and he's going to start. You know, this this year on the IL as well. So we'll have to get healthy here. So it's a lot of a lot of injuries, a lot of bounce back. Um, but this, this still, this team is going to be relying on players like MVP Aaron Judge and his 62 home runs. Sam, does he hit 65 home runs this year? Does he hit 70? Does, does baseball take away all juice balls from Yankee Stadium and he hits 30? Um, what, what are we looking at for the captain, the 16th captain in Yankees history, Aaron Judge? I don't think his slash line is going to be as absurd, but I think he's going to it's hit impossible. That was 50. one of the greatest seasons of all time. <laughs> I think he's going to hit over 50. He's going to be hit between 50 and 55, and he's going to be a staple in the Yankees lineup, the staple in the Yankees lineup. And I remember throwing out here a couple times on the podcast an eight-year contract, $362 million, $44 million per year. The Yankees went in ninth year, and we saw teams go that extra year 
with a lot of players. The Phillies went 11 years with Trey Turner. The San Diego Padres went 11 years with Xander Bogarts. It's manipulating the luxury tax, and we don't know what the money figure is going to look like three years, five years, and then eight years from now. I mean, eating however many million dollars he's making, uh, he's making $40 million a year, if my, the, the math is correct, off the top of my head, yes, $40 million. Yep. If eating $40 million in the last year or two of that contract is going to look like it would today, it's probably not with the way inflation and everything is going across the sport. But to bring him back, the Yankees had to be done. Had to be done. And the Yankees need to win the World Series in the prime of his career, which is now. To me, this is a contract where you give him the captaincy, you give him this contract, you give him. You know, he is the, the absolute leader of this team. And it's all, all of, the money was well-deserved. He bet on himself. He deserves every fucking penny of it all. But the scrutiny comes with the contract. This has to lead to multiple World Series titles. Derek Cole kind of said it at his press conference when he signed with the Yankees. The two of them need to win multiple World Series titles. And that seems crazy to say because the Yankees haven't won in forever. They haven't even been to a World Series in forever. You know, they haven't been to the World Series in either one of the MLB careers uh, of Cole and, and Judge combined. So the, the pressure's there that I, I think you're, you're looking at a player that is basically guaranteed to be a top five MVP candidate for the next three years, which is fine. And that's how people get paid. After that, you kind of see what happens. But for the next three years, Aaron Judge needs to be an MVP. He needs to get out there and play basically every day. And he needs to carry this team to the title. It's going to look really bad if you. It's going to look really bad in general for everybody if this, this contract and this captaincy comes titleless. It's going to be a disaster in New York, and I'm not even going to. That's not going to happen. So it's fine. But I'm excited for. I'm excited for him. I'm excited for the ovation he's going to get. Thank God, Arson Judge did not go to the Giants, as John Heyman said. And the irony of them playing the Giants day one is awesome. But he looks good. Like we talked about earlier, Volpe stole the show. But but Aaron Judge looked ready for another monster year in spring training. Only only two home runs, which is fine, because the home runs you know don't matter. But you know he batted three fifty. He's on base basically fifty percent of the time in when he played, um, which is which is all you need you want to see from the Yankees. I don't think you're going to see one of these guys that signs a big contract and all of a sudden doesn't care. Judge has proven that that he understands the impact that he has on this organization, and that signing that contract is is step one. And good for him. I mean, every every penny earned, and good for him to just call out Hal and say, give me that extra year, you bum. And good for Hal to say yes. I said it earlier, and we all saw the San Francisco Giants on the schedule last summer to open the year in Yankee Stadium. Can you imagine what things would be like if he was batting second for the Giants, playing right field in Yankee Stadium on opening day? The bleacher creatures. I think the- they throw shit on the field, too. Now, just just the knowing shitty Yankee fans like myself, that would be an absolute bloodbath in the Bronx. I think so. I mean, the... I mean, it's what it, be honest here. That's what it's going to be. It would have been disastrous. Do you think he'd get an ovation at the plate or no? I don't know. I think there. I think it'd be just be constant booing the entire time at the Yankees organization that you wouldn't even be able to tell if people were like cheering for him. And you know he's going to hit a fucking bomb if he was here. But look, that's that's fantasy land. 
That's Fantasyland for it all. I can't. I can't help but imagine it. it yeah, it's opening days approaching. I cannot help but ask that my question. There would have been a disaster. I, it, it's crazy to think how bad it would have been for for everyone. It would have made the Yankee fans look terrible. It would made the Yankees organization look terrible. It needed to happen, and it happened. Thank God. It would have been like LeBron when LeBron came back yeah. to Cleveland as a member of the Miami Heat. Yeah, yeah, that would have. You're right. That, that's that's a pretty good comparison for it all. Um, so we luckily we don't have to deal with those those South Beach years of LeBron and and Aaron Judge stays here for it all. Um, anyone we miss? I mean, Rizzo is Rizzo. He's back, which is nice. We let Ben Intendi go, which, you know, in the end, I'm kind of okay with. That's a huge contract for someone that is who he is. Look, the Yankees are going to be at the trade market. They always are. So one time they'll find ways to improve this roster um, from the bullpen to the rotation to, to left field if needed. Um, I think the Yankees over-under, if we want to get into a little betting side of things, is 94 wins. Uh, I think they might be a little under that, but this is this is a 90-win team with, with playoffs basically guaranteed barring disaster um this is a team with world series aspirations it's a strong division uh the rays are the rays and the blue jays you know spend some money too and they're going to be pretty good i think it's a battle between the blue jays and the yankees but again i think it's another scenario where you have three al east teams proving that this is the toughest division in baseball so things could change but you, you, you could have at least two 90 win teams in the al east you could maybe even three maybe three the red sox suck so who knows and then the, the Orioles are fun. They overachieved last year. Uh, I was watching a segment on MLB Network today. If the Red Sox would finish fifth place in the American League East like they did last year. And look, they re-signed Rafael Devers. But, I mean, they have no pitching. And who who else scares you in the lineup Dude, when, when you're looking at this broad picture thing? And it's different this year. The Yankees are going to play every team in Major League Baseball, which is something that's definitely going to be new. I'm really happy because I'm going to get to see the Miami. I'm going to get to see the Yankees in Miami come mid-August, at least once every other year. So, but that you think that should be a good thing for the Yankees, right? Because look, they they beat themselves up in this division all the time, even when it's game versus the Orioles, even game versus the Red Sox. Like that's. Those are a lot of games that take a wear and tear on that. So essentially, you're eliminating what, like, 15 division games, which I think you know, I guess good and bad. But I'll take that as a win for the Yankees, knowing how hard the AL East has been over the years. And I think you're gonna see a lot more balance in the playoffs when it comes to the pitching side of things, because when the Mariners faced the Astros in the playoffs last year. Scott Surveys, the Mariners had a big first inning against Verlander. Yeah. And he came out and said, like, what was working for you in that first inning against Verlander? And he's like, well, we saw him six times this year. This is our seventh time seeing him. You're not going to have that in 2023. I'm a big, big fan of these changes in terms of the scheduling. The rule changes are a whole different other topic. I love how games are over in two and a half hours now. Uh, we'll see how it gets when we get to the regular season. But it, it's going to be really, really strange. If the Yankees get to the playoffs and face a divisional opponent, it's not going to be like, oh, they're seeing Chris Sale six times that year. No, you see Chris Sale two or three times, and, and that's it. Yeah, it's a good point. That's a good point. It's something we got to look at that. 
and see how the rotations fall. I mean, look, it's, it's weird that we're starting off with the Giants to, you know, start the year. Not Two having... interleague series, Giants and Phillies. Yeah, right off the bat. So, well, you know, it's definitely something to, to, to look at the schedule here and see what that, that means for the future of it all. Um, Sam, I want to give you two future bets that I put in before the season started. I'm a betting man. I know you tend to dabble as well, too. So, Anthony Volpe, win rookie of the year, plus 750. You got to do it. Once he got named starter, I know it, it's, you know, it, it's un, maybe unlikely, but look, this kid is a star in New York. Um, the Yankees have gotten hosed on rookie of the year several times and some awards several times, but... At 750, I like the value. Yankees are going to give him a long leash. He's going to steal a ton of bases. If he's got some power, if he can provide some power and hit 20 home runs, you know, I, I like the odds there. He's going to be battling it out with another AL East player, in Gunnar Henderson, who's the number one overall prospect in baseball. Um, so that there'll be some, some, you know, AL East battles there too. But how could you not throw half a unit on uh, on Volpe after that spring training that, that he had here. You know, Gunnar Henderson is plus 260. Uh, I'll take Volpe at triple the odds of that uh, playing for the Yankees. I think you got to roll with it too, especially since he's the starting shortstop for the New York Yankees. He's going to get a lot more attention than a player like Gunnar Henderson too, which I think he needs awesome. to he's phenomenal. take into consideration, of course. Aaron Boone said he's going to be batting ninth in the Yankees lineup opening day. He was batting ninth on Tuesday. I'm fine with that. Look, he's up. But if he starts hitting from that spot and somebody like Josh Donaldson starts struggling, I think things yeah. are going to change pretty soon. Yeah, and I don't mind the ninth spot. Look, he's got – look, we know 50 still – you know, 50-plus stolen bases in the minors last year. He's got wheels. And he, look, he took – like we said, he, he had 11 walks in spring training. His goal in the ninth hole is just to get on base and turn that lineup over. You tell me this guy's going to be on base for for DJ the Mayor and Aaron Judge? Anything in the gap, he's scoring with that speed. So he's going to have some serious potential to, to rack up some runs, rack up some stolen bases. Um, and if he can hit well for average and get a couple pop, like he, it's a lethal nine hitter. Like you said, that probably won't last long uh, as a nine hitter there. So, well, you know, I wish we took these odds pre spring training um, to see what they were at. That uh, then, but you know, at 750, he is uh, the third best odds right now, um, behind Henderson and behind Yoshida of uh, of Boston. So it's going to be a battle in the AL East for for Rookie of the Year too. So we might as well play along and have some fun. Uh, another one that I had here that's kind of seemed like a mistake, but it's still posted, is Garrett Cole over 224 strikeouts for the season. Garrett Cole is a strikeout machine so that was unavailable on FanDuel on DraftKings and on some other apps that numbers at three 332 or 334 so this is eight to ten strikeouts lower for the same odds here so this is this is a heavy heavy play for me so Caracol better not get fucking injured or I'm in trouble but like strikeout wise it, it, it's it seems so low he had 257 last year so they're saying he's gonna have 30 less strikeouts I understand some of the pitching changes and some of the rules may kind of affect strikeouts here, but 30 strikeouts is a lot over the course um, of a season. You know, with the Yankees, you know, he had 257, he had 243, he had the COVID year, and then his final two years in Houston, 276, 326 in 2019. 
this this number doesn't make sense to me at 224 unless you're banking on an injury, which seems like a weird thing to do if you're a sports book to bank on an injury here. But I, I, I think that's a big play for me um, and one that uh, I expect to cash, you know, with a couple weeks left in the season um, for, for Garrett Cole. Just a strikeout machine. Um, that just seemed too low. Yeah, the last time he didn't make 30 starts in a non-COVID season was 2016. So that really is a weird number. So I, I would really go all in on that. I, I like A, have the eye for that, Steve. Both futures that I'd, I'd definitely ride here. Yeah, Cole's plus 700. Um, I think you can find, you know, shop that line a little bit better. Um, to be honest, I, I already took an L. I, I threw Rendon to win Cy Young, like, as soon as we like signed them and then those odds came available because I liked it. Um, but, but, but we'll see what happens there. But yeah, those are some, some future bets that uh, we will keep an eye on as the season progresses. We'll check in on that coal one kind of in, as the season goes along. Where are we are getting close to wrapping up episode one here. So want to do, Oh, I want to mention one other thing since we're on the, the gambling thing. And this is what well, I follow me at angel, Steve 89, and we're going to do something new this year. Every game, we're going to have one one play, one bet every game on the Yankees some way or another. On the Yankees game. It might not be the Yankees every game here, but we'll look at prop bets, strikeout bets, possibly you know betting against the Yankees if the line makes sense here. But 162 games, 162 bets, one a day, follow along. At best case scenario, you watch me lose all my money. I would tell you on every bet, Steve. Don't. <laughs> I'm in Florida, and for some reason, everything is allowed here besides sports gambling. Not going to go on a rant, but I could go to the Hard Rock Casino down the road, gamble every last dollar I have on blackjack, but I can't bet on sports. So They made it legal for like two weeks before you were down there, and then they quickly took it away. It was pretty, it was pretty crazy. They had it legal, and they are like, oh, never mind, we make a mistake. But, um, but yeah, so yeah, so... To, I, this might benefit you because this could be a, a disaster for me. But I'm going to create a Google Doc. You can track the track each game, each season. I'll pin it to my to pin it to my Twitter, um, and we'll play along. And if the Yankees win, hopefully that means that we win. Um, and you know, the first bet will be opening day. Um, we got to look at some look at what we're looking at there. Wrap it up as always. Episode one, Sam. Let's give us some predictions here, and uh, let's talk about why the Yankees are going to win the World Series. The Yankees are going to win the World Series because Garrett Cole and Carlos Radon, who is going to come back healthy, and Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton are going to combine. You haven't mentioned Stanton once today. It's crazy. They're going to combine for 100 home runs. Anthony Volpe is going to win Rookie of the Year. At worst, finish top three. Uh, and the Yankees are going to make a big move in the deadline and really solidify that bullpen I'm very, very excited to see what happens. That is all, all things that need to happen for the Yankees to do this. Um, who are they going to play? You know, we haven't really talked much around Major League Baseball here, but, you know, um, I didn't follow too much spring training of other teams besides the Yankees here. But give me, a, give me a suggestion of who the Yankees will beat in the World Series. They're going to beat the Philadelphia Phillies. Oh, the fighting Phillies going back again. They're going to beat the Philadelphia Phillies in six games. Run it back to 2009. Garrett Cole's going to throw two gems in the World Series, and Garrett Cole's going to be the World Series MVP. Love it. If they're they're Philly, they're in Philly for the World Series, Sam, I might have to fly you up here and we'll go to a game together. 
Absolutely. Music to my ears. What are you thinking, Steve? I think it's going to be the Padres. The, the, a, the NL West is very strong as well. You know, the Dodgers are still the Dodgers, but the, the Padres have, they've kind of been, you know, all the talk is about the Mets and how they spend money and how they, they've, you know, built this amazing team. The Mets could be very good. So a Subway Series wouldn't, wouldn't shock me. Um, but the, the Padres, they just seem like they kind of get how to build a team. They, they locked up Manny Machado, which was a genius idea because I think, you know, that, that was needed. He, he deserved that, that. And seeing the contracts that went out this year, you didn't want Machado opting out, being held over you all season. Juan Soto is going to have a full year out there. Um, and if they whether or not they pay him or not, it doesn't really matter. That's a guy that's going to want to go out there and prove that he is who he is. Um, and then the, the outlier is Fernando Tatis. Just a crazy year last year of getting hurt before the season and missing most of the season and then getting popped for steroids. Um, he's coming back at the, at the end of uh, the, the end of April. You know, just the three of those guys alone are, are just a, a brutal threat for any pitching rotation. Um, pitching wise, they, they got some, they got they got talent. You know, you, you Darvish out there. You know, kind of Blake Snell out there, and um, you know, and then they traded for Josh Hader. They they have an all star team, top to bottom. You know, Hader is going to be a free agent after this year, so I think he's going to have a monster year at the end of that rota- uh, end of that bullpen. So the, the Padres are exciting. The Padres, you know, I wish they weren't on the West Coast because I'd like to watch some of those games. But um, I think a Yankees Padres reenact the you know 1990-1998 and get Yankees go for the sweep. Um, the the Jeter doc came out and they you know they showed some of like the the fire that the Yankees had you know the brawl versus the um, versus the Orioles and you know the mentality they had of we need to go out there and every team needs to know that we're gonna beat them that day. Play like '98, and let's finish it like '98 with the uh, with the sweep of uh, of the Padres in the World Series. Love to hear it. A uh, couple more awards before we go. We'll do MVP and Cy Young. Yeah, MV- MVP for, for the American League. Uh, I'm going to go Shohei Otani. He is the significant favorite. Aaron Judge had a historic year last year to beat him. Uh, if you follow the NBA, I think this is going to become like a Nikola Jokic situation where it's yep. like all the metrics and everything say it's in somebody's going to have to have a historic year to beat Jokic one of these years. I'm going to go with Otani for the American League MVP. Uh, for the National League MVP, I am going to go with Trey Turner. This is a trendy pick. You could get him at. 10 to 1 odds right now. It's something I'm Mr. probably right jump on. Monster World Baseball Classic. New shortstop for the Philadelphia Phillies. Um, Steve, give your picks and then we'll head to Cy Young. Uh, sticking with my Padres pick here, it's Manny Machado. You can get him at you know, 9 to 1, 10 to 1. Um, just like I said, I got that big deal. No pressure now for you know worrying about the opt-out here. Quietly, since he's been at San Diego, he's put up monster years. I've tweeted out several times that the Yankees passing on Machado years ago was a franchise-altering move for the Yankees, and hopefully that that kind of changes now. But he he's an MVP for me, and I can see that coming from the uh, the NL. And like I said, in the AL, it's Otani. Like it's got to be Otani. If I'm going to throw a few bucks out there for for fun, uh, probably throw it on on Julio Rodriguez. You know, he took the words out of my mouth. J-Rod's fun. Like, he's really fun out there. Seattle, you know, made the playoffs. You know, they got a little taste of it. Um, 
just a, an amazing player that, that, you know, if there's an injury to Otani or, or Judge, he's probably, he could quickly turn to be the, the favorite, you know, come All-Star break. So, yeah. Cy Young, I, you know, I want to say Cole, but I don't want to be... I'm saying Cole. Fuck it. I need, Garrett Cole needs to step up and, and be the ace, and he has never won a Cy Young. He's had some great numbers, and if I need this strikeout bet to hit, let's might as well get him to win the Cy Young. I love it. I'll ride Cole, 7-1 odds. If I'm looking at somebody else, Framber Valdez at 12-1 to 1 odds really, really looks good. Um, just really dominant lefty for the Houston Astros, who are going to be at the top of the American League West. So definitely watch out for that. National League, um, there's a lot of interesting names here when you really look at it, I think. Yeah. Big time, you're right. I mean, you got you know Max and, and Verlander over in Queens, and you know Verlander's coming off uh, coming off that that AL Cy Young one. Uh, you know, Sandy in, in Miami down by you, like you got to go watch this kid play, man. He is throw some gas. Um, I, I like your. I hope I'm not going to steal yours here, but I like your 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 love for the Phillies. So I'll throw you Zach Wheeler out there. I think Zach Wheeler. Um, has had some really strong years since leaving the Mets, um, uh, and kind of seeing some odds here. I think you can get him, you know, a little pl- little plus nine to one. Could be a could be a little sprinkle there. I was thinking Wheeler as well. <laughs> Sorry, I knew um, I, was, I could see your face when I when I said it. <laughs> I I hate to say it, but um, if if you're looking for a, another name, uh, he'd have to have a really really dominant season. Uh, Zach Gallen, you could get him at sixteen to one. I really really like this kid. Local South Jersey kid like me went to Bishop Eustis, my sister's alma mater, been a part of two major trades. I think he's worth a sprinkle. He has some really, really nasty stuff. Yeah, 61 is good. I also kind of looked at Julio uh, Urias out of the Dodgers. He's uh, I got him on my fantasy team, so I'm sure everybody cares about that. But <laughs> so that they're, there's I think throwing these futures on is always fun. But it just means that baseball's back, Sam. This is all that that the important part here is that baseball is back tomorrow, and it looks like the rain. It looked like it was going to be terrible weather for the Yankees, but I think that's moving out. So we won't hopefully have a rain out uh, in in the Bronx here. But that, this is. This is it. The, the, the long-awaited offseason is over. Aaron Judge is a Yankee. Anthony Volpe is a starting shortstop for the Yankees. And then most importantly, Sam and Steve are back on the mic every week talking Yankees baseball. We love to hear it, Steve. I am thrilled to be back here. Great to see your face. That's what we like to see. All right, so we'll release an episode hopefully once a week here throughout the summer. Uh, thank you for listening. Again, follow me at angelsteve 89 and Sam is uh, real Sam Mars uh, on Twitter, uh, right? You didn't change it again, did you? <laughs> I did not. There we go. Perfect. All right, we'll get this up and posted, and we're gonna have a great season of Yankees baseball. Thank you guys for listening. Podcasting in pinstripes, season season seven, episode one. We're out. Go Yanks. Oh, 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 oh.